If chocolate is your weakness, the real chocolate decadence of Flava Naturals Performance Dark Chocolate can be your strength. Extensive research demonstrates the remarkable benefits of daily cocoa flavanols on brain and heart function, including a recent Harvard study showing a 27% reduction in cardiovascular death. The FDA recently issued a qualified health claim saying that high flavanol cocoa powder may help prevent cardiovascular disease. It may even be a helpful tool in managing cognitive decline. Flava Naturals Dark Chocolate Bars and Cocoa Powder deliver five to nine times the flavanols of typical dark chocolate with great flavor and minimal sugar. Their secret is sourcing premium high flavanol cocoa beans and processing them naturally. The result is decadent dark chocolate with the flavanol levels needed to fuel brain and cardio performance. I use it every day. For more information and to order, just go to flavanaturals.com. There you'll find the extensive research behind cocoa flavanol's benefits and great recipes too. That's flavanaturals.com. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla. And I saw one of my patients today, and one of my patients said that it's his favorite Intelligent Medicine Podcast, our weekly Q&A with Layla, because he says uh, we have such great discussions, and uh, it's uh, it just kind of, you never, it's kind of rolling the dice. You never know what we're going to talk about. Right. It's nice up And yeah, but it's also, it's interesting. It's diverse. Mm -hmm. It's not like locked into one topic. It just, we no, can, that know, would get boring. Yeah. It could get For boring. everyone. Yeah. Including so, us. <laughs> so, uh, we, we invite questions. Questions at drhoffman.net is the destination for questions as usual. And uh, we also just, we plan to work through the holidays, so uh, we enjoy doing it so much that even though uh, our office will be closed next week for a 4th of July holiday, uh, we're going to get on our respective computers and do a recording. Yes. Uh, you, we will do it remotely. You will be in your uh, vacation villa. Yep. Your, uh 24-room, 16-bedroom uh, retreat <laughs> right. by the water. And you'll be in, in yours. <laughs> and I'll be in mine. So anyway, so uh -huh. uh, before we get to questions, uh -huh. uh, as usual, a little prelude, because uh, this week uh, I wrote an article about uh, vegetable oils, cooking oils, yes. and the like. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, controversy about these things, because... It is a popular among our community mm -hmm. of integrative nutritionists, progressive nutritionists, to stigmatize omega-6 oils uh, to the point where yeah. uh, it is said that the most deleterious aspect of the modern diet is the introduction of seed oils, mm -hmm. industrially processed seed oils. Industrially processed, that, yes. That's even worse mm -hmm. than sugar, some say. Yeah. And that one should entirely expunge omega-6 from the diet. Yeah. We can't entirely because there are good ones like evening primrose oil and borage. We have to make that distinction. That's a good point, too. Yeah. And I didn't make that point yeah. in the article. Those are anti-inflammatory th omega-6. Those are omega-6 oils. Yeah. Uh, they are alpha-linolenic acid, mm -hmm. uh, specifically, Yeah. Uh, which is... Um, I'm sorry, it's the alpha-linolenic acid yeah. is the 
precursor to EPA and DHA. Right. But gamma linoleic acid, linoleic acid. is GLA, right. which is an omega-6 oil mm -hmm. that has beneficial properties. It's Absolutely. therapeutic. Absolutely. So great for skin, great for menstrual cramps, right. great for a lot of things. So, so that's yeah. an exceptional rule. But like, what is what? Uh, what about, about omega six oils? Let's first tackle what's so bad about them. Mm -hmm. uh, well, number one, they're unnatural because mm -hmm. in uh, prehistoric times we did not press seeds industrially and extract the oil and put them in the and, and put them in the fry pan. And, right. We did <laughs> not have, all that. you know, Wesson oil and yes. corn oil. And we did not have uh, all, you know, like there's, there's 49 different varieties. You can get safflower oil. You can get avocado oil. You can get mm -hmm. certainly olive oil. And olive oil is ancient, but it's not that ancient in the yeah. human diet. It's probably, you know, maybe five or 10,000 years yeah. of exposure to olive oil. And yeah. uh, as uh, Lord Cordain points out, is that the initial use of these oils was as a lubricant, not as a food. Right. We use them, I don't know, maybe to grease, uh, you know, ancient wheel axles or things right. like that. Right, exactly. <laughs> Linseed oil and right. maybe even cottonseed oil, I'm yeah. not even sure right. of some of that. So okay. maybe as, as liniments or things like that, but not for internal consumption. So mm -hmm. there's this thing called the omega-3-6 index yes. or ratio. Mm -hmm. So we talk about that sometimes as an index of health because it's thought that the more omega-6 you have, the more pro-inflammatory it is, and the more omega-3 you have, the more anti-inflammatory it is. Yes. So, uh, and we've seen an alteration historically from uh, pre-industrial times where we had a lot of omega-3s and not that many omega-6s, and the uh, result we think is more inflammatory disorders, right. even even cancer, cardiovascular disease, and yeah. so on. So, uh, and there are some studies that show that while omega six oils generally, if you're on a diet that is a lot of omega six oils, it actually lowers cholesterol, but mm -hmm. it will also lower HDL. It'll raise triglycerides, and it'll often raise a LDL. And so there, there is already then a metabolic or, or change LDL to the bad kind of LDL. To the bad kind so of LDL suppresses HDL, right. raises triglycerides. That's already a feature of metabolic syndrome right, right there. On the other hand, mm -hmm. there are studies that I came across in researching this article that, and and they've they've actually uh, been uh, changed into headlines yeah. on mainstream medical sites, which say that there's nothing wrong with omega-6 oils. That mm -hmm. omega-6 oils, according to studies, are fine. And then I looked at studies which showed that if you look at erythrocyte omega-6 levels and omega-3 levels, or you yeah. looked at consumption, mm -hmm. they actually could not find a relationship to cardiovascular disease or mortality mm. in, in consumption of these things. So it's very confusing. Right? It you know, so on be. the one hand, it's like they're like the cross to the vampire. And on the other hand, medical authorities push back against that and say, no problemo. You know, is, right. Yeah. Well, they're still, they're still towing the line with American Heart Association yeah. of polyunsaturated right. fatty acids only, saturated fat is still a foe. Substitute for butter, substitute. Oh, my uh, goodness. Yes. Know. Use corn oil instead. Right. Use. use I even saw a study saying, 
cottonseed oil may be heart healthy. Oh wow! I mean, I just had to. So there. But so, the vegetable oil industry is part of the funding. Absolutely. So there is for definitely find the answer we want you to find. There's a scientists. propagandistic element yes. to this. There's a uh, yeah. bias that finds its way into those studies. Right. But we can't. I mean, otherwise, uh, and, and this is in many realms of life. You you see a headline in a newspaper and you go. That can't be right. I believe the opposite automatically mm -hmm. because we're so distrustful of health True. authorities. True. Uh, and we, certainly we saw this around COVID that it's not exactly bolstered our confidence in health authorities. Yeah. And so what's the answer? Is it is it really uh, are the people who say, get rid of these oils, right? Or should we, you know, liberally use these oils? And not. Yeah. So, not, so yeah, the, I came down on the side and you saw the mm -hmm, article mm -hmm. of we should moderate our intake of these oils. Yes. And but it is, in my opinion, a mistake to say they are the end all and be all of health. I don't think we could say that with any scientific yeah. certainty that they yeah. are the end all and be all, and that's the so, reason for bad health. We all want to find out the primary reason for ill health, and you right. know. So counterfact yeah. to that is that some people on plant based diets do pretty well. And they eat a lot of beans and seeds and nuts. And grains. And grains. A lot of grains. Which yeah. are rich in omega-6s. Right, right, right. So mm -hmm. uh, how do we account for that? Well, there are a lot of beneficial things in those diets. Those diets are relatively restricted, so you, you often keep your weight down. And when you eat a nut, it's not just the omega-6 oil in it. It's like the polyphenols and trace the minerals, phytosterols, all of that, and yeah. the fiber. And you're not getting nearly the amount from that one nut. You know how many nuts or how many soybeans That's need true. to be pressed to get a tablespoon of the oil. And they're and they're, they also are chemically processed yes. and they're purified so that they're bereft of their benefits. So exactly. there's a difference between highly refined olive oil and olive oil that's fresh, cold pressed. Right. Uh, We're talking about virgin. high heat, a metal catalyst yeah. for the regular old vegetable Hexane oils. extraction. Hexane extraction, yeah. all of that. Right. And you know, once they've done the extraction, that, that fluid that you see is cloudy and gray and doesn't smell very good. So they have to go through additional processing. They have to deodorize it, yep. and they have to filter it, right. and lighten it. Yep. They have to make it smell good. Bleach it, in it's effect. It's undergoing yep. all yep. of this stuff. So Why are we ingesting that? Right, so what we're getting yeah. is, is an isolated product, which is a um, derivative of right. the natural right. foods. Eat nuts, eat edamame, right. eat grains, right. eat whatever. The way the oil is in its original packaging yeah. and the amount of it, right. that's the right. way it should be consumed. And you know, then there's the issue with the, the cooking characteristics of these oils. Yeah. And what is said is, and I, I looked at studies, and when they actually did studies of what happens to cooking oil in a fast food place. Oh, yeah. And what happens, you see, when I saute, Mm -hmm. uh, like so, one of my favorite things is for you know, like I make uh, half a dozen baked potatoes for a big family setting, and that you know we eat four of them, but two are left. Yeah. A fun thing is to take the potato and it cools down, and it actually has when it cools down, it actually has uh, resistant starch. Yes. And so what you do is you you slice it into thin slices and you put it in some peanut oil, which is an omega six, uh -huh. and you and you, you you brown it. Yes. And it's really great with oh, yeah. your eggs in the morning. 
home fries are delicious. And it's it's a carb. Yeah. But, hey, you know, well, some people should restrict their carbs. Other people very active or without metabolic syndrome, they can have some carbs. It's a lot of fiber and it's resistant starch. And you get some omega-6 oils. So is that like horrible to do? It's not horrible, but an alternative would be either ghee or yes. butter with a little olive oil because the butter will smoke. Adding the olive oil also to the pan along with the butter will help to increase its smoke point. Interesting. Chefs are always talking about smoke point. They don't want mm -hmm. the oil to be smoking. Burnt. And they love grapeseed oil. Right. Not, uh, uh, grapeseed oil, safflower oil. Yeah. Those, But these contain a lot of pro-inflammatory omega-6. But they love it because of the high smoke point. I see. Okay. So, And what is the smoke point, the connotation of that, is that those high temperatures... There are chemical bonds that are kind of delicate in uh, what are called polyunsaturated oils. Yes. When they become saturated, they become butter-like. Butter-like, they, yes. They solidify right. and at room temperature. Mm -hmm. So saturated fat has... Um, uh, no double bonds. Right. The molecule structure is linear. They lay on top of each other, making it very stable under high heat cooking. Yeah, okay. Because of the polyunsaturated fats, those breaks, those double bonds, they kind of lay around like a barrel of monkeys on top of each other, yeah. right? Not, in other words, they don't lay like Pringles potato chips. <laughs> That's how you want your, your fats to lay in cooking so that they're not volatile. But when they're kind of cracked and all over the place, it's you, it's so more we, trouble it's more troublesome under high heat cooking and, and more you'll, volatile. You'll get some some uh, oxidized linoleic acid, exactly. which is could be a component of oxidized LDL, which we True. know is atherogenic. Yeah, and you also get some uh, changes to trans fats because yes. it changes the conformation somehow. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, the other I mean I made some suggestions at the end of the article is like no, not strict prohibition, but. No. When you select meat, for example, one meat is a big source of omega six. If you're buying factory farm meat, absolutely. Right. If you're buying grass fed beef, yeah, not because you so, are what you eat. So. Eats if it's exactly. fed like cornmeal, it's, it's fed corn have, and exactly. Yeah, all of that, and that's why they're so full of omega six, and that's probably fattening them up too. Besides the antibiotics. So actually, uh, like an antelope or something, you know, or an elk in, yeah. in the wild is fairly high in omega. Threes because right. they graze on grasses that are. Uh, you don't see elk being factory farmed. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's that kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, CAFO, C A F O, confined animal feeding operations. Remember, we couldn't figure out the acronym. Oh. That's the that's the oh, CAF factory okay. farm CAFO. A CAFO. Okay. Confined animal uh, feeding operations. Okay. So, Okay. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. so you know, mm -hmm. try to go for grass fed. I know it's more expensive. For some people, they don't like it as much because it's tougher. Could be a little tougher. It's gamier. But I, I've had grass fed steaks for quite a long time now. They really taste. They're very they're tasty. Really tasty. And they really, so they really uh, know how to make them now. Right. Um. So. Yeah. Uh. And then, you know, maybe use other oils to cook, Absolutely. like you said. You know, use ghee. Yeah. Even use lard, even use duck Tallow, fat or absolutely. things like that. Oh, schmaltz, cook, chicken fat. Cook your potatoes in duck fat, in schmaltz, chicken yep. fat, yep. duck fat. That, that's like this, supposedly the best tasting potato this ever. This is part of my heritage because, you know, schmaltz yeah. is a Yiddish word which means fat. And, you know, the Jews in Eastern Europe used to handle chickens the way that Native Americans handled buffalo. They utilized all the parts. 
and they would you know use the bones and cook the broth and they would also but they would yeah uh, they would take the uh the the you know fatty parts and they'd render it down into schmaltz mm -hmm. and make what are called glibinus mm. which is base which is like uh fried pork rinds oh. which in you know Yum. In, in which in uh puerto rico it's we have any listeners who chicharron 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 yeah yeah Chicharron de Bayamon. Ah. Bayamon is like the capital of Chicharron in Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. okay. So that's, anyway, so these are traditional foods mm -hmm. that have served us well in our past. And they're, oh, here's another point, is another reason why these oils are bad for you mm. is because they are a constituent of a lot of junk food True. and fast food. Yeah. So no wonder that they're implicated in disease yes because they are cheap and they uh impart texture and flavor to fast foods yes and your french fries your corn chips yeah all of that yeah stuff. yeah 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 oh mm -hmm. chips is a, is a real trojan horse for omega-6 it really really is so I, I should have included that in the article is that you know a lot of people like okay but i eat uh i go to whole foods yeah or trader joe's and i get my chips there they're there better you go. right they're good. Well, well, here's, you got to read the ingredients. Right. If it's a if it's a a, a high oleic safflower oil, right. for example, a regular old safflower oil is high in in inflammatory omega six. But if it's if it's a high oleic, it more resembles a monounsaturate mono like right. olive oil. Well, That's a better choice. But so is canola. That's canola is monounsaturate. So look, when at the supermarket, I get into like a whole anxiety attack. You know, I go to the supermarket <laughs> and it's like I, I ran out of mayonnaise. You know, and my mayonnaise is actually a coconut oil mayonnaise. And sometimes, I, yeah, it's very good. Uh, and it's, it's so you're it's, liking that better than because I know avocado oil odorized coconut. You don't really oh, want your, nice. you, you don't you don't want, want a coconut like flavor Hawaiian, in your mayonnaise. No. Hawaiian mayonnaise, exactly like coconut. I, I don't want my food to smell like suntan right. lotion. <laughs> but 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 <laughs> yeah. you, it it makes a good mayo. Okay, yes. so and that's I like it better because it's no it's no omega six, no polyunsaturated. And that coconut oil is so beneficial. Right, but. In a quandary, I was in the market the other day. They don't have that very oh. special thing yeah. that I get from Thrive Market. You know, right. I, I didn't put my order in, so I'm I'm confronted with some that have canola oil, and it's like, oh my god, you know, it's it better than the soybean oil. Canola, right. it's like the lesser of the evils right. to some extent. Right. You're gonna have a little more omega three going on in canola. Yeah. Okay. Which is which is better? Yeah. So there well, we go. It, it, I think some of the worst oils cottonseed. By the way, what they're developing. You know, we're going a little long on this. But yeah. I was traveling in Europe, and we would, it was a long bus ride from uh, Krakow to Prague. Mm -hmm. And they had these, it was, it's springtime, and they had these beautiful yellow fields, like, like entire hillsides were covered in beautiful yellow blossoms. And I said, what's that? And they go, that's canola. And I go, oh, canola, that's, that's bad, you know, because it's like uh, industrially processed oil. But they are now coming up with a new product that is... I guess it's maybe it's genetically modified, or I don't know how they got around to this, but they created a canola plant that generates uh, DHA. Oh. And so they're going to actually have uh, high DHA so that the canola, some of the newer canola, will actually give you beneficial DHA. So wow. it's not a bad idea. Uh, you know, I'll have to look at the uh, you know, upsides and downsides exactly. of this highly. A exactly. bioengineered industrialized product. But right. We have to see how that 
reacts yeah. in the body and how the right. body deals with that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, we have to um, look at all that. But so I am not going to be one of these uh, plant oil alarmists. Alarmists. Right. I, I'm mm -hmm. going to say, let's take measures to increase our one. Another measure is just increase your omega threes. Yes, because it's about the ratio. It's about the ratio, right? That's right. Yeah. So if you if you you know it's like if you can't fix the 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 denominator, uh, right. increase the numerator. True, true, true. To like change the ratio. The the very unhealthy sad diet, the standard American diet, the ratio of omega six to omega three is like twenty to one. Yeah. In a really crappy diet, fifty to one. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine yeah. that. But what it was with our prehistoric ancestors was more like. Two to one. Two to one. Yeah. Three to one. Well, it's th omega yeah. three, one, uh, uh, six, mm -hmm. two. Yes. So, so, yes. Th and that would be maybe the more physiologic right uh, amount, right? Because it's it's not like no omega six, right? It's true. It's it's bring, there. Bring that ratio. You want the ratio where it should and, be. And don't derive your omega six from place. highly industrialized, uh, no. you know, uh, essentially nutritionally empty products. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Okay, I mean, it's worth a discussion because yes, you know, you're, you're on the business end of this when you advise patients. And Absolutely. I think, I think a fundamental aspect of every consultation you have is you, you try to It's about ask, food. How do you cook? Ultimately. How do you prepare? What are your... What, what fats do you use right. when you cook? Right. Is like one and, of my intake questions. And it, you can have a positive impact on the mental and physical health of virtually anyone by changing that. I Absolutely. Think. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, enough said. And yeah. We used yeah. up some of our time, but I think it's <laughs> worth the discussion. So let's get to questions. Uh, reminder, questions at drhoffman.net. I see many of you are utilizing that avenue to get questions to us, so let's hear some of them. This comes from Steve. Hi, Layla and Dr. Hoffman. I'm a 79-year-old male. I take 6,000 IU of vitamin D3 every day. My recent blood test of the right test, 25-OHD, 25-hydroxyvitamin D, is a 41. Should I increase my dose to 8,000 or stay at the same dose I'm currently taking? Okay, uh, just, I, did the person say they had any very specific medical condition? Okay. Nope. Because I kind of think, I think it depends. I think it's perfectly adequate if you have a 41. 41 yeah. means you're adequate. Yeah. Uh, if, say, you were dealing with rheumatoid arthritis or multiple sclerosis, an or, autoimmune condition. Or cancer. Or perhaps cancer. You might want to amp up your Absolutely. vitamin D. Yeah. Okay? So, but for ordinary preventive purposes, you hit the mark. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wouldn't like to see it much below 40. Uh, deficiency is 20 or less. Yeah. Uh, adequacy is 30 or more. Yeah. And optimal would be between 55 and 80, 85, like that. I won't mind seeing that. Right. And, it, and we get a lot of questions. People you know, say their doctors are very alarmed when their level comes back 75, 80. Like, no, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is fine, 75 yeah. or 80. Steve, are there, if, if you're currently taking any medication, it may be interacting with that. If you have liver or kidney disease, we it don't may know if be this guy's interacting. Overweight. We have no yeah. idea. Yeah. Right. We just know that he's a 79-year-old male. He's been taking 6,000. And you also need to take vitamin K with mm -hmm. your vitamin D. Mm -hmm. This is very important. About 180 micrograms, maybe double that, 360 micrograms. Some people are taking even more yep. on the vitamin K2. some interaction with magnesium as well. So. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. So you want to make sure that you're doing that. So thank you for that question. Okay. 
We've got one from I, John. By the way, I think we've done a lot in my career and in our career together mm -hmm. to enhance uh, understanding and leveraging of vitamin D for health. Yes. Uh, because so many people, I think we've, I mean, look, a lot of people have been influencers on this, but I think I was one of the earlier influences on, influencers on this. Yeah. And although I'm not, you know, the New York Times or the Washington Post or, you know, uh, NBC Nightly News, it, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, a theme that's been vindicated. Yes, absolutely. As a health I remember yeah. soon after I joined your practice in mm -hmm. 2005 and, and I saw what you were doing in checking vitamin D levels and on occasion we would test, you know, our own blood levels of things and see what's going on and I remember my vitamin D level was like a 14. Oh no. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So way back then, 2005, yeah. Yeah. I mean you were ahead of the curve, really. Yeah, I remember it wasn't actually even, popular even before that we had we had an in-house laboratory because there weren't that many yes. places that would do the vitamin D, and we did the vitamin D in-house, and um, it was it was a kind of a hard test to do. Right, we had to use a, something that is these days is discouraged, which is a radioactive material. We had like one of those signs in the lab. Do you remember that was yes like, like danger? It, was, it looked like a like a like like a radioactive yes. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Super fun site. <laughs> Don't enter this reactor. Right. It's like, oh my God, you know, all, all ye who enter, you know. Right. And so, but we, we got, we did, then, then reliable, more reliable tests came. Yeah. Um, which weren't very reliable for a while. I was actually interviewed mm -hmm. by the New York Times in the early 2000s about the inner, it was the only time I've been interviewed by the New York Times, but I got my picture in the New York Times. Uh, and they were interviewing me about the inaccuracy of vitamin D tests. Huh. Yeah. So wow. Uh, which you know, turned out to be a big problem. Yeah. And I remember another test that you were doing, Dr. Hoffman, the ionized magnesium, magnesium the right. ionized calcium. Right. How much in the cell yeah. is a much better tell than a red blood cell, magnesium, for example. Yeah. Right? The only problem is that has to be done in-house because it's so yeah. volatile that you have to just run with a sample and put it in the machine. Hurry up. Yeah, but you can't, yeah. if you send it, like, it's like, leave it outside your door, like doctors do after they draw bloods, and then, the, you know, some car comes, picks them up, and, you know, drives all yeah. around town, and then goes over to New Jersey, and goes to the lab, and it's like, by then, it's spoiled, so. Yeah, wow. It's not practical. Right. Okay, we've got a question from John. Dr. Hoffman and Layla, what is your opinion of modified citrus pectin in the treatment of cancer? Uh, this is something that was promoted by Dr. Isaac Elias, mm -hmm. uh, who I believe was a, a urologist, actually. And uh, it, modified citrus pectin is, you know, pectin is what they make jams and jellies out of. Right. But modified citrus pectin, it has some characteristics by which it uh, retards metastases. And there's some studies on that. I, it, I haven't seen a lot of studies on it lately, so sometimes when uh, something has studies from the 80s and 90s and there's not a lot of subsequent uh, validation of that, uh, the bloom is a little off the rose in terms of cancer. But I do still recommend it for people who are at risk for cancer recurrence. Mm -hmm. Pectisol, I believe, is the supplement. Pectisol. Yes, Pectisol is the name of the supplement, yeah. right? Yeah. And, but there's also some bona fides to the potential for that to detoxify. 
No, yes, it's a chelating agent. A yeah. chelating agent. Yeah. I heard recently of a patient doing that on their own, mm -hmm. taking pectisol okay. for detox because they didn't do well with, I don't know if it was metalloclear or chlorophyll or whatever else. Yeah, they it could be doing. taken as a powder or as capsules. And yeah. I think one of the limitations is since you have to take a fair number of capsules to be effective, taking it as a powder. Yeah. Is, yeah. But it's kind of like, uh, it's like, it's kind of like drinking gelatin. It is. Yeah. It is. You know, like how women used to drink gelatin to, you know, strengthen their nails or something. Right. But it, it's not like gel. It is gelatinous, but it's it not is like uh, yeah. it's not uh, gelatin is is uh, basically proline and uh, mm -hmm. you know the other amino acid that help collagen formation. Mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So. John, Good point at which to pause because we divide our podcast into two parts. So uh, I just want to remind you, you know, we talk about a lot of different supplements on this program. Um, check out Fullscript, which is my online dispensary at drhoffmanstore.com because there you can find a lot of the supplements that we talk about here. And it's a more reliable source because there have been concerns about counterfeiting and about uh, you know outright fakes and uh, quality and shelf life with uh, some of the uh, brands that are coming from yeah, sort of obscure, shady, sketchy websites on, you know, that you can access via Amazon. Amazon doesn't do a lot of um, quality control, but Fullscript True. does. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. DearHoffmanStore.com. Okay. Well, give me some preview of what we're going to be answering in part yeah. two. Yeah, Nicole says my knees make a cracking noise when I bend down and sometimes when I walk up the stairs. Okay, <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know when you take it to the take it back to the dealer, and, <laughs> and you know. It's like, it keeps making that funny noise. It keeps noise. making that noise. It's like, don't you hear it? Don't yeah, you can hear you give it? me like, another one? Yeah. <laughs> okay. When do we return? We'll talk a little bit about that. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Uh, with me today, Layla Mutin, our resident nutritionist. And it's our weekly Q&A with Layla. You get questions to us via questions at drhoffman.net. And send us a question. And we'll be able to answer it in the next week or two. We'll be right back.